We want to welcome all of you here this morning, whether you're here in person or you are uh, with us online. We are absolutely thankful uh, that you have chosen to, to join us. I just want to share a few things with you uh, this morning. Uh, here's a little piece of paper. It's a little yellowed. It, it used to be a little whiter than it is now. It says the senior class of Fort Worth Christian School announces the commencement exercises Tuesday evening, May 24th, 1994 at 8 o'clock at the Richland Hills Church of Christ. This is a this is a graduation invitation. I had to dig through my uh, box, uh, my briefcase of, of special memories to pull this one out. 1994, that was a few years ago. Uh, for some of you younger people, you think, wow, that was a really, really long time ago. Uh, if you turn on to listen to, to classic music, you now hear music from the 90s. That was a really long time ago. But it was a, a big deal to get these, uh, to invite people to my high school graduation. So, so many years ago. And here's another one. How about this? Mr. and Mrs. John R. Tyner request the honor of your presence at the marriage of their daughter, Jennifer Lee, to Douglas Keith Crumb. Son of Mr. Excuse me, Mr. Donald Crum, Mrs. Judy Crum, on Saturday, the thirtieth of May, nineteen hundred and ninety-eight, at seven o'clock in the evening, New York Avenue, Church of Christ, and then gives the address, and then there's a reception to follow. This was our invitation that we sent it out. Is anybody else framed their invitation, or is it just us? We framed ours, and so we still have this, so it was easy uh, to find it. We, we knew where it was hanging, uh, but we've had other invitations that we sent out. Somewhere around December of 2002, uh, we sent out invitations, uh, maybe a little bit before, for a, a shower uh, for a little baby that was going to be born. And that little baby that I, I held in my hands back in 2002 is now bigger than me at 19 years old. But then again, in 2006, sometime around or just before August, we sent out another invitation for a, a shower for a baby uh, for our first daughter that we were so excited. And we wanted other people to come share in that excitement. And then even a few years after that in 2012, when we were here, just sometime around in April, we invited other people uh, to, to a shower to celebrate the birth of our third and final child. I did say final child. I just want to make that sure that's really clear. And so those were all really important. In fact, today, there's going to be a shower honoring the, the Bybee baby boy. Say that three times really fast. It's going to be here at 2 o'clock. Uh, and it's an uh, opportunity uh, to shower the, the, the Bybee family and to uh, invite into the world uh, the little baby boy that's going to be coming soon. The, the, the sooner the better, really, I think is three weeks from today is what Alexis would say. You know, invitations are they're a really big deal. Even in this, this world where we claim that we have to be inclusive and we have this all access to everything, there was a time where if, if you had a party and you were invited to that party, there wasn't these um, uh, podcasts that were going on or these live streams. It was If you were invited, it was kind of a really big deal. Nowadays, you can have a wedding and it's 
you know, can be seen by everybody, but still an invitation really is special. And, and what an invitation does, it says that there's something important that's going on with, with someone important, and you're in an important someone that's being invited to, to witness and to partake in that special event. Invitations have been around for a really, really long time. And Jesus understood invitations, but, you know, I'm, I don't want to be critical, but I don't think he really understood the concept very well. Because the idea is, you know, there's this special event going on, and, and special people should be invited to this event. I mean, it, it almost honors the people who've been invited as much as the event itself, right? I mean, isn't who's at the party almost as important as what's going on? And I just don't think Jesus understood that very well. He didn't get it. He, he kind of whiffed a little bit. Because he didn't do a very good job at inviting the really important people. He he didn't invite the people who really deserved it so much. In fact, there's a parable we're going to talk about in Luke chapter 14 in just a few minutes. But before we go there, I just want to, to, to read the times that he invited people where maybe he didn't get it quite right. I mean, it, there was these group of, of smelly, uneducated fishermen who lived their lives out on the Sea of Galilee, they were chosen by no one, by no rabbi, to learn from. They had missed the boat, pardon the pun, and instead, Jesus invited them to become fishers of men. I mean, that was a bigger deal than being fishers of fish right? Shouldn't he have invited someone more important, someone more worthy? But he didn't. He chose Peter and his brother and James and his brother, these fishermen, and said, I will make you fishers of men. I, I think he probably missed it a little bit. And then, and then there's this, this tax collector who was absolutely hated by everyone around him. We know how terrible tax collectors are in the first century. They were traitors. They were cheaters. They made money, profits off of their own neighbors, off their own people. They sent a portion of the funds that they collected that they had basically extorted from their neighbors to Rome, and then they kept a large portion for themselves. And if you've watched season one of The Chosen, you kind of get an understanding of what people thought of Matthew. And Jesus comes up to him while he's in the collecting booth. He says, follow me. It was an invitation for this lowly, worthless, cheating traitor to follow this loving, kind.
kind, fair Savior who's the Son of God. I just don't think Jesus understood the idea of invitations very well. He didn't understand that if you have something really important going on, you should invite someone who's equally important. Like the time he invited the the shallow Pharisee who was afraid to show up in the daytime to have a conversation at night, to have this really deep conversation about life, about God, about kingdom, and about sacrifice. He could have picked a better audience, but instead he allowed Nicodemus to come in and hear that most famous quote about a God who loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. I mean, that is the perfect, all-encompassing verse. I mean, that should be something that he shares to a large group of people or someone really, really important. Instead, he shares it with this guy who's questioning, who's not sure, who maybe be a little embarrassed about showing up to even have a conversation with Jesus. And Jesus unloads this beautiful summary of his love and his sacrifice to a guy who is absolutely unworthy of the invitation. It would be just a few days later that Jesus would invite a sinful woman who was terrible at relationships into a more meaningful relationship with him. She'd had multiple husbands and she couldn't stay with any one of them. And here Jesus is now offering her an everlasting relationship with God. See, I just don't think Jesus understood how invitations work. If it's really important, if it's a really big deal, you should invite the people who are really important. Oh, and and then there's the one who was nailed to a cross. The one right beside Jesus. The one who was dying because he deserved to die. And Jesus looks over at him and he offers him life. In his final moments as this man is dying for this heinous crime he has committed, Jesus offers life. It just doesn't fit, does it? I mean, over and over again, Jesus continually has this great invitation, but he keeps offering it to people who really don't deserve it. I want to go to Luke chapter 14. It says, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the same time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. There's a big banquet. 
And now there's important guests who are being invited. The goodness of the guests is equal to the greatness of the event. It's a big banquet, and so good people are going to be offered. That's how it should happen. But but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. And another man said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, What you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get to taste my banquet. He had this huge banquet prepared and he invited them in. But this, oh, no, 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 I would love to come, but you, you know, I'm busy. I, I got a new field. I need to go check. I got this five head of oxen and I need to go try them out. I, I don't under, I've never had an oxen. Honestly, I, I can't tell you exactly what an oxen looks like, but I, do you take them on a test drive? Is that how it goes? I've got some, I need to go check them out. I mean, I, I think you, you might could say the last is the most legitimate. I just got married, you know, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. Who's worthy? Of the invitation. You know, what I think is really interesting, and we're going to spend some time over the next few weeks, is understanding invitations, the invitation of giving and the invitation of receiving. Because that's, that's how it goes. You, you have been invited, but you also have to accept that invitation. And you have to invite Jesus into your life in the same way that he has invited you into his. So when I was a kid, we, we would go on, on trips, on vacations as a family. And our family vacations were maybe similar to some of you uh, had. Maybe they were a little different. A couple things to note. We almost never stayed in hotels. Uh, the trips that we went to weren't like destination trips. We would just go to where we knew someone. That's, that's how it worked out. We, know some, we knew someone in Wisconsin. We lived in Texas. Like there's a big geographical difference between Texas and Wisconsin. And we didn't fly. We rode in a Honda two-door hatchback. No joke. Five people. Okay, I'm not joking. There, I can remember, I can remember like laying on top of the luggage in the hatchback portion, going down the road, and this little Honda Civic or Accord, whatever it was, it was a hatchback. It was, it was tiny. I mean, it was nothing. It probably got like 1,200 miles to the gallon because, I mean, you just had to like 
you know, throw a piece of cheese and it would keep the mouse going and that thing would just cruise along the road. And we were just all squished in and we would go places, but we never stayed in a hotel. So it wasn't until I was a little bit older, I think maybe I was in sixth grade, that we stayed in a hotel and it was the first time for me. Now, if we did ever have to stop somewhere, we stayed in a motel when I was a kid. There's only a few differences between a motel and a hotel, right? One is the, the quality is slightly less than a motel, slightly less. And the other thing is the door always faced out. Hotels, the doors they open in. Motels, the doors they face out. But, but then when I was in sixth grade, we stayed in a legitimate hotel. I was with a school. We went on a, a school trip, and we stayed in a hotel. And it was the first time I saw the coolest thing ever. It was a hotel, and the door opened up from the hallway into the room, and then when you got in the room, it had another door, and guess what that door did? It opened up to the room beside it. It was like this adjacent room. It was the coolest thing. And the thing is, like when we first saw it, we're like, oh man, what does this thing do? And we opened up the door, and guess what we saw? There's another door with no handle on it we could open up the door but we could only see the outside of the other door can we show the picture here and then finally we were absolutely amazed maybe it didn't show up there we opened up the door and our friends who were next door to us they opened up the door and you know what we saw Another room that looked just like the room that we were in, but it was mirrored. Like it was the exact opposite. It was, it was so cool to have you, you open the door, and they opened the door, and then you could go in. And that's how invitations work. See, you have been invited into a relationship with Jesus, the Almighty. That's Him open. He's opened his side of the door, and now he says, okay, you have to open yours. I think a lot of us want this one-way thing. God, open the door. I want your grace. I want your blessings. I want your promise. I want your hope. I want your goodness. I want you to give me all these good things. And he says, okay, you open your door. Let me in your life. Whoa. Well, I don't know about that. You know, things are pretty comfortable right now. If I, if I let you in, things might get a little weird. I might start talking like one of those Bible thumper peoples, and that's just weird. I, I like my Sundays. I mean, I'll come to church 9 to 10, 10 to 11. We can do that. But I don't know about this. Hey, you know, let's have a Bible study or let's... Let's read when no one else is around or pray when no one can see us. I don't know about that. Or maybe it's, I would invite you in, but my room is it's a little messy. You know, I, I hadn't really cleaned up, and I would be really embarrassed if you came in, Jesus, and, and saw what I had. You wouldn't be happy. Jesus invites us in and he calls us to invite him in to invite him into our joys and our successes 
and our defeats and our sorrows and our brokenness. He says, come and enjoy what I have for you. I'm offering you peace. But you have to be willing to let go and invite me into your life. One of the things that, that Jennifer and I decided to do this new year is, is to pick a verse uh, each week, Monday morning. And our goal is to, to pick a verse and just read it as much as we can and, and do our best to, to try to kind of memorize it, commit it to memory. You just let it be something that, that, that soaks into us. And so last week, I was in charge of picking the, the first verse. And so I, I picked it. And I didn't pick it for the reasons that I, I now realize that it was picked for me. But I saw something in it and I thought, you know what, this is a really good verse. And it's, from, it's kind of obscure. That was the other thing is we wanted something that like Jesus wept. That doesn't count. So we wanted to do one with it. And so I found this verse from Titus chapter 2. And I'm, I'm kind of know it, but I'm nervous about messing it up. So I'm going to try to read it and try to remember it the best I can. It says, for the grace of God that, has, that, has, that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So here's the invitation. For the grace of God has appeared that brings salvation to all men. It's the invitation. Everybody gets to be a part of this. And, but then there's an invitation for us that, that we now share. It, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So the invitation is, is that we are being offered grace. And the invitation is to all of us. But then we invite God into our lives. And by doing that, by choosing to live like God calls us to live. We're going to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And we're going to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives. And then I love this next portion. It says, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness. And to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Sorry, babe, I kind of botched that, didn't I? But I love this. And when I picked this, I, I wasn't even... But what's really interesting about this passage is we have over here, there's this grace that's been offered to all of us. And as a response to it, we then live a completely different life. We invite God into our mess, into our junk, into the way we think, into the way we speak, the way we live, the way we think about our relationship with our spouse and our kids, the way we handle our finances, the way we work hard in our lives. That's a part of, that. that is we're inviting God. And then he says, well, I want you to know that I gave myself for you to redeem you from all wickedness. And I have invited you into this, this 
perfect relationship with me. And I am calling you my very own. And as a result, we long to do good. The invitation has been offered to you. Jesus is in the adjacent room. He has opened up the door and he is staring at He is not going to kick it down. He says, I have offered you, I have invited you into my life. I have offered you my spirit of love and of comfort and of power. You have to grab the knob and open the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's not just about saying, God, thanks for the blessings. It's about opening that door and saying, I invite you into my life. There's a lot going on and there's a lot of reasons for us to be anxious right now. We've lost some loved ones. We have loved ones who are sick right now. Just had an opportunity. Uh, this last week was, was my, my week to go up to the hospital uh, and visit with the staff uh, and and then visit with the nurses. Boy, they're just, you can just see the look in their eyes. They're, they're heartbroken, they're overworked, they're stressed out. It's just, they're overwhelmed. And my encouragement to them was, just remember, we, we serve a God who has invited us into his peace and his comfort. And this week, I encourage you not only to hear that invitation, to know that you're invited, but I, I challenge you to accept that, to, to invite Jesus into your life. And as you do that, invite other people into that relationship. He's opened the door. He's waiting for you. Now is a wonderful opportunity. Whether you want to come forward and, and profess publicly that you need to have Jesus back into your life. Or if you want to stand right there and say, you know what? Today is the day that I want to really let you come back in. My prayer is that you will open up your side of the door and say, Jesus, come in. I want to encourage you to do that this morning as we stand and sing.